part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brandon and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, hey, well, what's up, Carl? Uh, I was on the way out here tonight and I was shocked by the amount of traffic what? it was this this is rural you guys live in sort of a rural area am i saying that correctly rural i think it's rural 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 like r-o-l that's a hard word rural rural you think it's hard for an american try to get a japanese person rural rural they really struggle you live out in the country that's what i'm saying and I wasn't expecting there to be like traffic. I almost got uh, had a head-on collision with the Amazon driver. Wait a minute. Is have we reached a point now where there are twenty-four hour a day deliveries taking place? Like you just just well, round the clock. I There's... think the Amazon drivers get to set their own hours now, similar to the uh, deliver. Uh, what do you call it? Ubers. Right. And so because they are independent, like... They're contractors. Yeah. So they can drive around at like, it's like nine o'clock. They can, they can, can they come at one o'clock in the morning and put a package on your porch? Why not? Well, I'm, that's what I'm asking. Who's going to stop them? <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> not with your attitude. <laughs> not with your attitude, they can't. <laughs> oh, I want to make a cool appearance. Um... <laughs> That doesn't make any sense to anyone else. I know. I <laughs> you can't just throw out random things we were talking about before the podcast started and then move on. Okay, I'm not going to throw out random things that people won't understand. Okay, tonight's podcast is going to be very serious. <laughs> I forgot about that. Peach. <laughs> okay. Serious. Here's the thing: we get a lot of criticism. You know, sometimes people have things they like to say about our podcast, and it's not always things that we can really do a lot about. Like, we've often heard <laughs> the kids in the background are really annoying. Mm -hmm. We have technical issues all the time. Mm -hmm. Our, our you know, volume on our mics is, leaves something to be desired. We don't edit things. We have had people that gave us a try, and they just couldn't couldn't do it. The children yeah. were one, too much of a distraction. One person literally said, I just can't. They're so obnoxious. They're right. just so yeah, awful. It's too terrible. I already raised my kids, and I just can't deal with the screaming. Right. <laughs> and my thought was, I bet your kids are just so glad. <laughs> Well, <laughs> for their that was a phase. That that season is kind of over for our podcast. We don't have the same interruptions that we had when your kids were younger. We've been uh, doing this long enough to where... We still have more interruptions than we would have if we had a studio. Now, where that, we, now that we knocked the drill out of Luke's hand, we don't have any. The point being, we don't The point being that Ken Ham broke me, okay? <laughs> we don't mind a little constructive criticism, but yeah, somebody, somebody on the FLF... He Party broke group me. Wrote that somebody that Ken Ham broke the comedian, which Luke and, found. And that's totally fair. And thought it was really funny, and so he he posted it. It's no, I've been laughing about it all day. It's <laughs> totally fair. 
Ken Ham broke our comedian. Ken Ham broke our comedian. Perfectly <laughs> worded. <laughs> it's the pronoun, I think, the hour. It's, that makes me laugh. it's fair and accurate. Ken yeah. Ham has broken me. But there were a, a fair number of people who didn't even know who our comedian was. Right. Prior to that post. And Which so is delightful, too. That's, I think, what you're <laughs> referencing, because somebody in the comment section, you you went in and just helpfully provided a link because you I did. consider it. In case, and I think I said, in case you want to find out just how truly broken I am, here's the link. To so, so welcome very. all the new Carls that are yeah. now on board because of that. Well, I, I am not sure... I'm not sure what it means to be broken by Ken Ham. I'm sure that I am. I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know what, 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 how that's manifest. How you, how that's. Well, you know, these in evangelical circles these days, brokenness is like a really hot thing to be. <laughs> like, oh, I should be able to get some. Uh, you funding. can walk into any mega church wearing that label, and everybody will be right that's there. That's right. I've got some power now. Yeah. He's Ken broken. Have I, have, I, have I been spiritually abused I'm by broken. Ken Ham? We're all broken. Listen, we're all we're all a little broken. Does it count as spiritual abuse? That's my question. No, brokenness is what you do when you're about to have a spiritual awakening. That's Ooh. that's what you have when you're like almost enlightened. We oh, were. I feel like I've got a ways to go. We were right next to him at the conference a couple weeks ago. I mean, you could have you could have settled this right then. I'm not sure that I knew. Or anybody knew the devastating effect that he was having on me at the time. The, the level of trauma. Yeah, the thing okay. about being broken by Ken Ham, I can testify from personal experience, you don't really feel it. You still it just, haven't <laughs> let me finish providing the context. We're six minutes in. Here. And I'm probably not. Uh, so somebody, apparently an almost Carl, said, never heard of the comedian, but I listened to the first several minutes of the last episode, uh -huh. and gave up on them after his daughter, that'd be me, said that YEC interpret the Bible to say there are no other planets. Whoever they are, they are completely unserious. Right. And I <laughs> I will own that as well. Yeah. <laughs> well when, yeah, when I made that statement, we were talking about flat earthers, and we can't, it's very hard to be too serious when you're talking about they, they literally don't believe in gravity, as we covered in the last uh, right. episode. Right. And so how I'm and supposed to be fair, to we were not very things. serious about that when we dealt with them. We didn't right. We didn't give them the level of seriousness and respect that, they, that they deserve. And so I intend this time to be completely serious. Right. If it's seriousness you want, I feel like that is something we can probably provide. I feel like that's why people would tune into a podcast called The Comedian Next Door, is yeah. for a level of serious, seriousness. <laughs> Unmatched. And I can't promise there won't be interruptions from the children. I can't promise my soundboard won't get wonky and add some noise and you know static. But I can promise to try to add a little bit of seriousness to this episode. All right. I appreciate that. Luke, I can't promise to sit here the whole time. Why not? That's... I just reserve the right to leave when I like. <laughs> okay. That wasn't a very serious response. Uh, how's your gas? No. <laughs> I was not planning to bring that up. You're in grief. I'm supposed to be serious about this. I'm sorry. All very, right. very seriously had some green veg green roughage for 
dinner and I've been uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's gas for sure because nothing is happening. It just hurts. I guess my tummy kind of hurts. What else would it be? That is a good question. I'm serious. Yes, I what, can tell. What you should be it serious. Is? It's no quarter of November. Oh. Uh, did you see the video? Mm-hmm. I didn't actually get to watch the whole thing. I saw, because I was in the pickup line to get my kids at school, and I couldn't look down at the at the spectacle. I could only listen to the monologue without watching the important part. They went a different direction this time. They went, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen well, the video. Well, no, let's not spoil it. Let's just talk about more stuff people have no idea about the context. <laughs> let's just spend the whole episode referencing Bringing things up things that we know about that nobody else nobody does. nobody else can follow. That'll okay. be great. So, uh, that show we did at the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows about that either. Would you like for me to share what I intended to bring up two episodes call. ago and did not because I didn't? Have the time at a library. We were so busy trying to repair the damage from Ken Ham that I couldn't even talk about it. But I am not sure that I'm emotionally ready to talk about it yet. But no, you don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Oh, then I'm sure I'm not ready to talk. (laughs) All I said was that I was so busy with the Ken Ham and Young Earth stuff that I didn't bring up the email that I got, and I've had a few of them. Like there have been several people in the last couple of weeks who have sent emails to me about like parenting things regarding like questions and clarification for my what I do with my kids and stuff and it's right which and we don't want to discourage people from doing that seriously Seriously. we don't want to discourage people we should give your phone number (laughs) (laughs) uh one of the one of the things I got last week was a text message so Really? So somebody who does have your phone number. I've gotten emails. I've gotten text messages. I've gotten a lot. A lot of people are wishing for more content from this blog or uh, this podcast. This podcast. Specifically on the real life parenting front, which I find. I just want to like take a little victory lap here because I think my point right after we got back from the ark, from the ark encounter was people usually don't care about the age of the earth. They want to know how to apply theology theology in their everyday life. Right, and I think I agreed with that. Yeah. I think I seriously agreed with you, solemnly. Yeah, so this just confirms it, because people have repeatedly asked us if and when we're going to reboot the mom cast. Right. And um, they... Answer's probably no. They often will ask for question, or will ask for clarification or more detail on subjects or scenarios that, like, we can't even really give a whole lot more information right. on just because there's no substitute for living real life with well, other here's, Christians. Here's the thing that has happened, and I do want you to get to that email. Yeah. But uh, when we first started this podcast, it was literally we had a little handheld recorder and we would have conversations. Wherever the conversation was taking place, we would just turn the recorder on and record it. And that's the best way to do this mm-hmm. unfortunately the audio quality is atrocious pretty, pretty awful when you yeah. do it that way and have so eight nine people in the room for right those early ones right and so and that's kind of the way the mom cast was that, that's the way the content for your mom cast operated like you guys would be in the kitchen or you would basically basically be here 
being moms together and the conversations and the disciplinary actions and all of that stuff would just sort of happen organically. But then trying to record it is where it becomes difficult because now you have to put on headphones and you have to sit down and the kids would run amok. And right. so recording the mom cast is a challenge. It's right. hard. It's, it's hard because it's, uh, it's hard to talk about doing a thing while actually doing it. While doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're trying to explain it, you have to make a choice that eventually in a small house with lots and lots of kids, you have to make a choice between prioritizing the recording or prioritizing the children. And we just more and more, we had, you know, arguments to break up or snacks to make or diapers to change. And it's like, there's very little actual conversation happening right now. It's mostly just putting the recorder on hold right. while somebody goes Which and tends to some emergency. I've considered the, you know, benefits to that. I considered the pros of that approach too, because there are people who really don't know what it looks like daily in a house to, yeah. you know, to, to parent. They just don't know what it looks like to have kids running around and how do you, how do you hold a baby on one hip while you're stirring something on the stove with another hand and talking to right. the oldest about homework, you know, or something like that. All right. Well, there's a lot of people on YouTube and TikTok who have become influencers by capturing quote unquote real life. And, you know, there's a lot of it is staged. There's right. a lot. I mean, it has to be staged. The camera has to be set up and they have to check the angles and you check the lighting and everything. And then they have this spontaneous thing happen in their house. Right. And it's not. Well, at any rate, anyway. you have to have experience in a family in order to know when you're looking at one that's been staged. And so there's no substitute for that. And I'm not sure whether you guys were looking at the posts in the Fight, Laugh, Feast party group this week, but there was an anonymous post. He does. Did you Don't see you? the anonymous member this week? Uh, that was a prayer request one? Uh, not prayer request, but asking for advice. Asking for parenting advice. Oh, yes, I read that yes, one. Yes, I saw that it's one. Been, it's been deleted. I'm pretty sure it's oh, gone really? now. I don't know if she did it or if it was an administrator, but... Um, yeah, I read it. It's not there anymore, but but yeah, this woman, because she says husband... Um, I felt for her. It was... Talking about her kids, twin twin boys, and then you know an 11-year-old girl, and I don't know if there were younger kids too. She didn't mention them, but the, just disciplinary problems where they're mm. violent toward each other and violent toward her, and she spanked the 15-year-old, and then you know dad doesn't, yeah, and dad doesn't uh, doesn't support those decisions. People asked about phones. The kids all have phones, but she'll take them away, and dad will give them back the next day. Somebody else was like, I'm sure that he probably feels disrespected by you. You know, at least occasionally, because you know, just the way that you're talking in this thread, it seems like there's a lot of, uh, it just seems like there's a lot of judgment happening, you right. know. And, I wouldn't even know how to begin to right. respond to something like that on right. a public forum. And that is, basically everybody was saying, you need to go to your elders, you need to go right. to your elders. Well, right. as women do, and I mean this, women who are asking for advice are always going to tell you the reasons they can't take the advice that you give them. Um, always. And so she says, and sometimes it's fine. Like sometimes it's because they really have been thinking about it for so long that they've come up with these, you know, problems that are legitimate problems. But she's uh -huh. like, my husband, I wish we could, but my husband won't, wants to keep up the appearances and won't like that. And the problem is that 
anytime somebody's asking a question like this, it's one side of the story. Right. Maybe it's true that the husband doesn't want to go to the elders, but you also have to take it with a grain of salt because you don't know this person and she's posting anonymously and you don't know if you can really take what she's saying at face value or if she's not a, a great judge. We're all biased in our own stories. And so that's the sort of thing that we get a lot, though. Anybody who's a content creator, anybody who's got any sort of platform at all, you're going to get to the point where you've got people coming to you, people like this woman, mm -hmm. and there are thousands of them who are completely at a loss of what to do. Their questions are very complex and multifaceted like that one. And they want you to speak into their life as if you are their, you know, next door neighbor. Well, <laughs> as if you know the whole story right. because they sent you however many paragraphs they sent you. Right. And it's like, now, you, now you're up to speed. It's like, I'm really not. I have just this really quick snapshot of your perception right and, and so it's hard it's hard because when i share stories of things that i've done with my kids on the podcast i'm doing it hoping that my examples are general enough that most other parents with kids the same age as mine will recognize their own kids in my stories they'll be able to apply it according to their own personal scenario but they're never going to be exactly the same and so there's there's differences between my kids and the next person's kids and there are going to be right. slightly different solutions to each of those problems. Well, there's differences. Yeah, there's differences between your children as individuals, too. Like each of your four kids are different from right. each other. And you have to handle them. That, that was the thing you were talking about with me last week was that we got an email. I don't know if it's the same email you're going yeah. to read. I'm not going to read the whole thing. There's you were, a long one. Where and you I don't were know saying that, any of it, that you just can't, you can't issue a answer to these sort of scenarios and have that be the thing that always applies in all circumstances henceforth and forever now on. Right. Right. And, and so often I can tell just from the per, from the way that the question is phrased or what kinds of questions are being asked, I can tell what a person might be struggling with that they haven't even voiced yet. Like for example, um, the anonymous Poster. I feel like talking about that one is pretty safe because, again, this is this person, nobody knows who it was. Um, but somebody asked about medication. You know, they were like, oh, you know, it sounds like there could be some mental health things going on in your right. home. And so she was like, yep, we already have things for ADHD and mood disorder. And, you know, we've got prescription meds for all of these different things. And I'm like, I can tell just from... The fact that you're pursuing that, that you are, I can tell that you're an anxious person and there might be some really good reasons for that, but anxiety never comes from God. Anxiety is not something that we should, you know, encourage or sympathize with to the point that it makes a person feel comfortable in their anxiety. And we, sh we certainly shouldn't be turning around and um, seeking that, seeking the comfort in drugs. We shouldn't be. And so when a person is asking those questions, I already know what circles yeah. they're running in. I know what kind of advice they've gotten from other people in the past. And I know that there's a really good chance that not all of it was good. There's a good chance that some of it at least was bad advice. And so it's a big knot to untangle. I had a conversation with a guy this week about, he, I mean, he told me that he was manic depressive. Ah. Uh, you know, I'm manic depressive because I mentioned that my father was manic depressive because I'm manic depressive. And I was like, ooh, it's a good thing you said. I, I thought to myself, it's a good thing you said that because... Uh, now I know that I need to be 
a little more thoughtful and serious <laughs> Very in serious. my response. And so uh, we were talking about that very thing, how, how, about how medication is at least, and I kept applying it to my father, not to him. And we were told that it's to normalize and to stabilize him. But as, as this went on for a number of decades, I started to go, well, what do you mean by normal? You know, they've got these, we're going to, we're going to, the goal is to try to get him to, to be normal. And the fact is that nobody, what is normal? I mean, what is it? There's a, there's a fine line between genius and, uh, and insanity. You know, these guys who have accomplished, these great artists who have done such things, they've world renowned uh, artists, musicians, whatever you read about their personal lives and some of them are they're just they're, right. they do crazy stuff but as christians we can agree that the goal is to be christ-like and we can also agree that when you've got teenagers when pre-teenagers who are beating the snot out of each other there's a problem in your home when you don't even like being home and right. you're now reaching out to strangers on the internet because you feel so desperate for help that you will literally take anybody's advice at this point right that's that's not a good situation to be in. We can well, agree. Well, medication basically means sedation is what we were, is where we landed. Um, right, in, in psychiatry. Right. But that's, it's not just about, that was just an example. Like, it's not just about medication. It's I can tell things about the person's situation just based on the types of solutions they're already trying. And, like, again, when they're saying, well, husband doesn't want this, or husband doesn't like that, or husband doesn't... It's like, you may not mean for it to come across this way, but you are absolutely throwing him under the bus. You you right. may not think that... You may think you're just stating facts, you know, but what you're doing is you're cutting him down publicly, and even though you're posting anonymously, it's that's a problem. What The way that you guys are not on the same team is obvious, and, you know, the way that you're going about it is not... You have to practice communication at the very core so so what are you going to say to this person who wrote to you oh uh, well i already responded to the email basically said this i, I said, can't help you thanks, thanks for well i said thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for very contact. closely to the podcast because the um uh, this this person emailed and like listed four different three four different scenarios that i had talked about with my kids, you know, I had a kid who had a meltdown right. and threw a chair once. I wanted you kid, to elaborate. I had a kid stop at the in the street, in the middle of the street, and then refuse to back up when I told them to. Because a bus was coming. Yeah. I was like, back up. And then the kid was like, I did back up. And I was like, no, lifting your toe slightly and rocking backward an inch does not count as backing up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's disobedience. And so... You know, obviously there are people, I don't think this person who emailed is the only one who wishes they had even more, who who craves being able to, you know, peer in and delve in even more. Um, I think lots of people want more information. But yeah, I basically said, there's only so much information I can give because your scenarios with the kids in your life are going to be different ones. And so... God gives me my kids for a reason. He gives you the kids in your life for a reason. And you apply certain principles across the board, but you have to do it with wisdom because it takes, it, you're a, you have relationships and your relationships amount to you making choices and your child making choices that nobody can really predict ahead of time. You right. have to play it out. You know, and I think your, uh, your advantage, I think your leg up is, is the position that uh, that children are 
born little sinners and they're basically they're working 24 hours a day uh, against you to be disobedient that's sort of your position you don't come at this from the fact that you've got these little angels who who just need to be nurtured you more are like a prison warden it's like you've got these little convicts who are trying to make shivs behind your back. I think it comes across as that to people who live in the United States and they don't discipline at all. That's what I'm saying. But, but it's they, not. They don't have any. They don't have any. Uh, any idea that their children need to be disciplined. They, right. They but need there to really be, are examples of evangelical people. Like there was a woman who was arrested for child abuse, a YouTube influencer, about I don't know five six weeks ago. She's got like eight kids. I can't remember the number of kids she has. She's got a whole bunch of kids. That's quite a few. I know. And she was a homeschool mom, and she had been doing a parenting vlog for a long time. And she was arrested for child abuse. Why? Because people are stupid and they don't know how to take a principle and then apply it with wisdom. They go, oh, everybody fails to discipline their kids. So I'm going to literally starve mine and I'm going to tie them to the bed. And that's what God wants me to do. That's, that's what make this woman was doing? Yes. This influencer? Yes. And now she's in jail. And so is her husband. So where are the kids? They're in foster care now. Ugh. And so then people hear about that, and they're like, well, that's probably what Amanda's recommending that people right. do. That's probably, she's yeah. probably wants us to tie our children to the bed and not feed them. lets her newborn babies cry it out and go without food for hours on end because she talks about how they're born sinners. So right. no, that's not actually the principle that I apply. <laughs> and I have to make that clear because we're being very serious today, and everybody needs to know. Yes, we are. Yeah. I'm, I believe that children respond well to authority when the authority is done by somebody who gives authority to God. When, Like, okay, example today. <laughs> example from today. My kids have been struggling lately with um, possessiveness, especially we've got Halloween candy in the house. There's been a lot of, that's mine. No, it's mine. We have a that's lot mine. of Halloween candy in the house. And so there's temptation all over the place to be very controlling with quote, our property. And so I said to the kids, uh-oh, we are going to have to have a reminder about this situation, this topic, because the more I hear the word mine and the more that I hear you guys debating about like the fairness or the rightness of somebody else being able to even look at or think of your property, <laughs> like the more I know that we need to talk about the fact that it doesn't belong to any of us. This doesn't belong to you. It, it belongs to me, but only because God has given me the authority over it. And if I behaved the way that you're behaving right now, God wouldn't let me have it either because you're acting terrible. You're being, you're being completely self-centered. You're not thinking of others. You're not like sharing and being thoughtful and treating others the way that you would want to be treated. All you're doing is right. just letting your flesh take over. And I said, it's not even fun for you. That candy doesn't taste nearly as good as what you think it's going to taste when you start screaming you know, venom, spurting venom at your family over it. You're eating venom and candy. And we put in quite a bit of effort for that candy. Yes. We walked through a blizzard. A whiteout. It was a whiteout. It was cold. It was wet. cold and snowy. But the point is, my principle in that case is not children are sinners. It's humans are sinners. And that... Authority follows responsibility. So when you take responsibility for yourself and for your own attitude and your own actions, then you are blessed with authority over 
the candy or the baby doll or the, you know, scooter or whatever it is that's causing these children to, to get all fleshy and grabby and covetous. Um, and so I, in those moments, do I, do I just have a blanket rule that says, you know, nobody can have any more candy after this hour every day? No, because no. I don't know when they're going to be fighting about it. Like, I don't know when they're going to suddenly be struggling with those temptations again. But when they start to get grumpy and snippy and they're like fighting, I become aware that they're fighting all the time over possessions. That's when we have the talk again about authority and um, ownership and the fact that really people who say mind don't deserve to have anything at all. They don't, they don't own anything in this house and they will get fewer and fewer things to call their own when they say that. Even those with little will have what, even that will be taken away from them. Right. Right. So there are times where I get to, uh, encourage them and reward them with things. I mean, I, I recently said to Colin, which I think we talked about on the podcast, you are the king of that castle. He went and cleaned up his room. And he goes, well, what does that mean? Like, what, you know, what does it mean that I have authority over the room? I said, it means that you're in charge of the room. You're the king of the castle. But of course, what that means in practice is more of what you've been doing with it, which is cleaning it up. You, When you see that it's messy and needs attendance, guess who's the one who needs to work on it? That's going to be you. But you also get the title of the king of that room, and he kind of likes that. He, so. I, I hear about it every day. Do right? you? <laughs> because he talks to Silas. Does he he's tell like, you? He's like, I'm responsible for this room because you won't do anything. It's my stuff. <laughs> See, we're getting there. We're a little wobbly. Going in the right direction. A little yeah. shaky on it. Yeah. It's moving in the right direction. We'll have to work on, like, uh, serving others with a cheerful <laughs> attitude, I think. Right, not, being a benevolent king instead of a dictator. Not but. being... Not being... Uh, conceited and provoking each other, as right. it says in, uh, where does it say that? I don't remember now. Treat Silas the way that we treated Galatians, you when you were six, not even quite six yet. Yep. Have some expectations for him that are age appropriate. But <laughs> All right, so are you going to read any of that, or did you I just cover, did you cover what you wanted to cover? There wasn't anything in particular that, like, you have a niece that got clever with her mom when her mom asked, did you eat your hot dog? Mm. Your niece said she did, but she didn't actually eat it all. There was a discussion where she got upset because she didn't lie. However, her getting upset and yelling, I didn't do anything wrong. Also, she did and or I think she hit you or her mom. Right, she hit me. Um, That's Marcy. What were the end results that you did to help correct the wrong behavior? What happened in the end? Also, are these based on case by case, or do you recommend for parents to follow the same process? Right. Marcy so, was put up for adoption. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, no I'm not being serious. Okay. Seriously. Um, and so th- there were scenarios laid out like that, several of them, and then all of them basically followed up with the same question, which is what were the end results? Um, right. And I'm wondering if that just means did you spank them? I'm not against spanking. They do get spanking sometimes. Um Corporal punishment. But honestly, for ki- for some kids, and Marcy's one of these kids, that doesn't really doesn't really hurt do anything. Them yeah, as m- she's got like I don't know, no nerves or skin like leather. I don't. 
or just the, the raw fuel of she rage. She has a, a dead end. Her anxiety, or her adrenaline, rather, just makes her invincible. She, she just, has the mental fortitude of a Navy SEAL. Yes, it's like trying to waterboard like a CIA agent or something. It's like that. They're just like, yeah. I like it. I like water. You're playing right into my hands. <laughs> yes, and you have to be aware of that because this really is, it's a battle. It's... You are doing war with the principalities of darkness, and so you have to take See, that's what I was getting at earlier. No, the pe- That's the peaches that I wanted to Marcy hear Marcy is not a demon. Marcy is not the principality of darkness with which right. we are doing battle. She is in league with that principality when she chooses to Right, you are doing battle with her against right. the forces of darkness. And I would push right. back on the way you phrased it. I don't think, I don't think they, they desire disobedience. I think that there's a conflict of interests and desires, and we have to help them regulate. So here's something neither one of you have heard. Okay, well, first of all, back to the the end result was we ex- we just repeated to Marcy what we've what we've said to her her whole life, which is this isn't going to end well. This isn't this is not how we handle conflict in our family. And you're going to sit here in this room wailing, screaming. Until you're done, but you're like done you're not, this is not going to get you what you want, and that's the important thing. They cannot get what their flesh wants in the moment that they're being that that bad. So some kids desperately want to avoid a spanking. Those are the kids who need a spanking in that moment. Some kids desperately want to have your audience and have your attention. Those are the kids who need to be left in the laundry room while Aunt Mandy to goes wail. to get the big kids from school. Right. <laughs> and, and Tabby was here too. She wasn't left alone, but she was left alone in her part of the house for that time. And that works better for her. So anyways, um, after a meltdown, they have to apologize. They have to say, they have to own their sin and they have to say, I'm sorry for, insert the thing, will you forgive me? And then we always say, of course we will forgive you. Jesus forgives us when we sin. And then we can hug or this is the thing too. Girls often don't want to hug when they're done, which means they're not done. And so <laughs> when Marcy or Emery is still refusing to relent by either shaking hands or you know giving a smile or something, it's like, okay, I thought you were done because you're not done. And then we have to continue with the battle. But the end result so is- So it has to be a hug? It doesn't have to be, but if you do say, hey, you know, let's hug or let's let's shake hands or can you give me a smile or, you know, I love you, Marcy. And if uh, she's not willing to say I love you back, if there's some some holdout, it's like, okay, so you're stubbornly <laughs> clinging to this still. <laughs> you, and again, you have to know the kid and you have right. to be willing to watch for those things. So, but the end result is always a restoring of fellowship. It needs to be. You need to be back in league together again on the same team. And then you point out to the child how much better it is when things are going when that we're on way the same side. versus the ferocious beast that you see before. And so uh, that brings me to yesterday or two days ago. I this was, is the thing that me and Luke don't know. Yeah, you guys haven't heard about me, me and Emery. Emery's in second grade. And she was... She often has a moment, at least a little moment, every day where she just decides she doesn't want to do her schoolwork anymore. And so I just tell her, I know that you don't want to do your schoolwork every day. Like, I know that this is is a regular occurrence, but as every day you hear, it doesn't matter. You still have to do it. And so then I tell her, we can either do this together where we work toward 
trying to, to push through it and getting over the obstacle, or you can be the obstacle and you can make it harder, in which case it's going to be just so much worse for you. Well, she decided to escalate, and so she was dropping her pencil on purpose and folding her arms, and I was telling her, I was having to point at each problem on her math paper and say, do this one, do this one, and she would wait for as long as she thought she could, you know, three seconds, and then five seconds, and then ten seconds, and I'm like, this is not okay. And so, uh, but I'm still trying to do fun things, like, I'm still trying to point out to her that we still have some great things. I was like, you've got Halloween candy here. You're going to see your cousins later. You know, this can be a great day. This does not have to be this miserable, but you're making it so because you're listening to Satan. And she's heard that before. (laughs) She's, you know, she knows, she knows there's a war going on in her own mind and she's choosing to, to do the rebellious thing. And so you're listening to Satan. And so, and she knows it's true, but I said, I know that it's not, we know that it's not Jesus who's asking you to think these things. I said, Emery, you're so mad after like 10 or 15 minutes when she was really just clinging to that that grudge and that she, anger. She and Satan. She was really flying high on the rage, you know. Yeah. And I said to her something about, Emery, I, I can't even offer you anything. Oh, because I had given her the right answer. I said, you even know the answer now and you just are stubbornly refusing to write it down. I gave you the answer for your paper. (laughs) And I said, there's nothing I can do in this moment because you have reached a point in your sin. You've reached a point in your um, anger that you would, if I told you, Emery, I think it would be wise to stay here safe on the side of the road. You would run out into the street to get hit. That's what I told her. Mm-hmm. I painted that mental image for you. I said, you're so mad right now, and you're being so rebellious that if I said, I love you, and I want you to be safe, so I want you to stay here, you would throw yourself into traffic and get hit by a car. That's what you would do right now. And she didn't say anything. She didn't even make any noise, which she had been going, mm. <laughs> And so she just sat there. So I got up from the table for a minute and started loading some dishes and came back, and she was crying. And I said, are you done now? Are you, is this you giving up and being ready to, you know, get this over with? Get get back in fellowship. Is that what you're ready to do? And she goes, yes, I'm sorry. Ooh, I didn't even ask. Like she said, I'm sorry. And I said, sorry for what? She said, sorry for the attitude and for disobeying. And I said, okay, I forgive you. And then I said, did it really upset you? To think about the fact that you were so mad that you would be willing to get hit by a car. <laughs> Sounds like it did. <laughs> and she goes, mm-hmm. And I said, was it true? And she goes, yeah. And I said, is it kind of scary how much we let ourselves get carried away by a dragon that wants to kill us? And she was like, yeah. And I said, all right. And I said, do you know how I know these things? She goes, because you were a little girl once. And I said, I still get mad enough to throw myself in the street as an adult. <laughs> I still I still know what it's like to get ragey even now. And so that is, that's the end result. That's what it looks like at the end when they're ready to finally work with you again. They're not fighting you. And you can confess that you too know what it's like to listen to Satan, to be in league uh, with darkness. You can reduce them to tears with an idea. Right. Well, that time, you know, but the, the question doesn't always happen. Do I recommend this for everyone? Like formulaically? No, like not yeah. every child 
not every child responds the same. You you are there to shepherd their heart. Your job is to give them truth. And so they speak slightly different languages, each of them does, and um, their temptations are slightly different. And so in order to reach yeah. their heart, you have to know what they're thinking and well, what they you, struggle with. We always could talk to you. We should say things to you and make you make you suffer with words. And it didn't work with your brother. <laughs> make me suffer with words. We could. I could make you suffer. You you talk about the time I went. I didn't even remember it, but I went up and said something to you, and you responded with some rebellious, awful girl way. And I said, well, I'm really disappointed. And I went downstairs. <laughs> and, you said, and you said that was... Just the most horrible thing. <laughs> you told me I needed to clean my room. And I was like, no. And you're like, tell me your reasoning for thinking that you can just tell me no. And I was like, I can't. I know I'm not supposed to. And you're like, so why are you doing it? And I was like, because I don't want to clean my room. I don't want to do it. And you're like, well, that's very disappointing. And then you just left. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had failed. <laughs> I went downstairs going, well, that didn't go very well. <laughs> Turns out I destroyed or failed successfully yeah well i mean there wasn't anything that you could have done no i could have thrown a fit and gotten mad and grounded you and all that sort of stuff but no but like that's still not getting to that's not like getting to the heart of the issue like at the end of the day if your kid is going to choose sin there's nothing you can do except separate them from the heavenly atmosphere of Mm -hmm. Family fellowship. That's it. Like they they ultimately do hold the power to be rotten and the, they can choose to be sinful. But when they do that, it needs to just be miserable for them. And then you right. you and the rest of the family who's not out of fellowship. You just need to have so much fun. Continue to have fun. Now is not the time to be serious. <laughs> Wait, what? It's well, when you're trying to show how great it is to be in oh, fellowship, yeah. you shouldn't be serious. Right. You could be less serious during those uh-huh. moments when you're trying to... So not like now. Not like during this podcast. That's when you jump on the trampoline with your theme music <laughs> and your, your power... What do you call it? Power ballads. <laughs> your power ballads. <laughs> uh, Colin, Colin came downstairs in a sweat outfit today with a hood and he goes, Mom, can I make an appearance? A cool appearance? <laughs> a cool appearance. And I was like... Uh, like at first I didn't know what he was talking about but then he was like I'll take my tablet out and behind my back I'll be playing a song like like uh, and that's when I got it I was like okay I'm starting to get catch the vision here (laughs) now I'm with you son I see what you see now I now I get it and since he had done his homework already and since he had asked nicely then yes he can make a cool appearance he'll make a cool appearance then (laughs) you have earned a cool appearance (laughs) in front of nobody but you no Cammy and Emery and Silas were out on the trampoline but yes he was going to impress his siblings with his his siblings and what's funny is matching sweatsuit Cammy is like the perfect like she appreciates that stuff she does appreciate a costume and a well produced entrance like she's like yep and Colin knows that she will clap for that he knows that (laughs) they understand each other she respects it is it okay if Luke and I talk for a couple minutes about our our great library show I 
if you provide enough context that Carl can follow <laughs> you, I would say so. Uh, here's the thing, Carl, that that most of the comedy shows that I have done in my esteemed career have been smaller shows. Every once in a while you stand up in front of a couple, I stand up in front of a couple thousand people and there's lights and there's music and it's a production, but that is not the majority. I have, most of my shows have been like the library show, Mm -hmm. which was scheduled to appear at the new event center that's being built here in Kokomo. And it wasn't ready to it go. It was supposed to be ready in September. Yeah. We actually rescheduled this show to the uh, we end of October. pushed it back one month. He for... asked about the second week in October, and we didn't have it available. And so then he was like, I guess we'll have to do the last week. And oh, it still wasn't that. ready. Right. So it was like six six or eight weeks past when it was supposed to be. Yep, and it still wasn't ready. Yeah, was I was kind ready. of looking forward to being like the opening act of this ritzy of event new, center. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Um, and so they moved it to the library, the South Branch of the library. And what was your impression? <clears throat> uh, not the way that I would draw up a comedy room, but they were, I think I posted about it, they were small but mighty. Mm-hmm. Like they were there to have a good time. It went really well. They were responsive. I had no idea that you could serve alcohol in a library. You can. That a Probably helped some. Well, if you don't get caught. <laughs> well, here's what happened. I did a, another show uh, for a group of uh, elderly people in, a, and in the middle of the afternoon. And that, it, it was also a really small show. And the thing about small shows is the audience is uncomfortable. That's the reason that small shows are difficult. The audience is uncomfortable. And they don't need to be uncomfortable, but they feel... They feel vulnerable. They feel awkward because you're up there trying to entertain just this handful of people. And so they feel bad for you. And they also feel bad for themselves because they feel like you can see them. They feel like the other people in the room can hear them and interact with them. There's no anonymity. There's no, in a large, dark crowd, in a large, dark room, (laughs) in a larger room that's dark with more people in it, uh, you can hide. Mm -hmm. And so you're you're freer to to kind of let your hair down and interact, and it doesn't. It's not that way in the middle of the afternoon or in a small crowd. So um, if you can dispel and dispel that anxiety, and I think that's what happened at the library show. I think that they they felt at ease, even though there were only I don't know 30, 40 people in there. Here's the under underrated variable that I've noticed, and we've talked about this before, when you have a crowd that is familiar with each other already, and I'm just learning how how tight-knit the literally co- coalition people are. Oh, those literacy people yeah. are like, they're yeah. like kinfolk. So well, there aren't very many literate people left in the United no. States. Yeah. Literate. Yeah. They need to stick together. Yeah. <laughs> literate people have to stick together. Yeah, well, they, right. they do these events and stuff like that, and it, <laughs> the shows that we've done where the people already are comfortable with each other, right. it's just better than a bunch of strangers who just happen to like the act. Right. So It does help. Well, and, and the takeaway, the reason I brought it up is because if – most of the most of the events that you're going to attend, Carl, are probably going to be small events. They're going to be little little church events, little civic events, little gatherings of people for one reason or another. And it, if you if you just bear in mind that 
that the awkwardness is because people are feeling vulnerable and exposed and you can and you address it i just addressed it with the with the group on uh whatever it was thursday afternoon i just said look i'm not i'm not uncomfortable up here i'm used to doing this but you guys this is probably the first time that you've been in this situation and so it's not a big deal let's enjoy it it's a once in a lifetime event i use that line and uh and let's just have fun and they they felt better after that they they sort of loosened up so i don't think that would have worked last night at probably my last open mic i was gonna bring that what? up yeah. i am so glad that he said it i didn't ask my last what? open mic. And now we're gonna leave. We're gonna exit the podcast with that it's announcement. Just, okay. It's just. I'm proud of him because he realized that six it, people, heavily yeah. alcoholed, not interested at all. I don't know what I'm getting out of it. Yes. Yes. Preach it. Well, I told Luke that what he needs to do is spend more time around the table talking to his family because you want to be blah. able to talk. Like you want to be able to talk like you got a close knit group, just like you said, and that's where you find it. Your first close knit group is your family, and we're pretty funny even when we're trying to be serious. Yes, but prophets aren't respected in their hometown, so it's not. I I think this was an excellent podcast, and I plan to be more serious in the future. (laughs) All right. Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.